Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the program. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host out here in Las Vegas. You're the host on the East Coast, Josh Applebaum. Josh, how are you doing today? Pritch, I'm doing great, and I'm, I'm glad to see you, my man. I missed you, and I just wanted to say real quick, yes. because we got to talk. We, we spent a lot of shows talking NFL draft. I wanted to give you a shout-out. You're Kyle Pitts, first non-quarterback offensive player taken. <laughs> you got plus 120 there. I think you helped a lot of people cash that play. And then also, you helped me cash my, fingers crossed, we got it, Waddle before Smith. Oh, Remember we saw his beat yeah. come out, 166, and we said, hey, you know, that's a little light for wide receiver. And uh, again, a lot, of the, a lot of the work we put in there ended up paying off. So, uh, Pritch, now we're, now we're moving on to other things to bet on, but big day here. I'm excited to be with you. We got 17 baseball games, uh, five NBA, five NHL. It's Josh Towers Day, talking some baseball with our guy. And then, of course, Chuck Esposito, our buddy at Stations. We'll talk to him as well. But, but Pritch, how are you feeling after that Pitts? When you saw him go early there, Pitts, how would you feel catching that thing? Oh, I'm feeling great. I was feeling awesome. I mean, like I, uh, I was telling the audience um, yesterday, uh, going full circle, really, with this NFL draft, um, from being drafted in the first round to now being able to bet uh, and then cash some tickets, right? So, uh, yeah, that was fantastic over the weekend. I, I was riveted the entire weekend. Yeah, it really was incredible. And Pritch, one thing that, uh, just to kind of recap now that I got all these thoughts in my head, but <laughs> how about that Mac Jones, Trey Lance uh, saga there? Because right. uh, again, we, we had seen, and we did so many shows together talking about how really Mac Jones was the favorite odds on minus 200, minus 300 for, uh, I would say 90% of the time. But here's where it got interesting. You know, I wrote, I write the newsletter every day mm-hmm. for VEASAN, VEASAN.com slash newsletter, sign up for free to your inbox every morning, just a ton of sports betting data. But The night before, I said, okay, we're getting these closing lines. Let's see where they're at. I'll check them back the next day. I went to sleep the night before the draft. Mac Jones was like minus 200. But what do we see? What do we talk about a lot on the show? Game day steam. Game day big moves. You know, late movement right before it starts. Because on draft day, we saw a massive move toward Trey Lance. Lance went from, I think he's like plus 175 to then an odds on like minus 170 favorite to go. Uh, to go third overall to the Niners. So I think what everything I've learned and, you know, Michael Lombardi, his intel, it was, it was Jones the whole time. And then something happened in the 49ers room where they said, uh, I don't know, they thought about it too much. They were holding that ticket for too long and they outsmarted <laughs> themselves. Who knows? Maybe Lance will be a great player, but I don't think that was, they wanted Lance all the time. I think the betting markets really just caught on to the fact that maybe news leaked on draft day that yeah. Jones was the guy and then something happened and they went Lance, but we did see that day massive steam toward Lance and end up being right. You, you know what, Josh, that market was something else because I think um, when they moved up to three originally, uh, Trey Lance was a favorite. Uh, and then Michael Lombardi, I believe, actually moved a line uh, when he came out with the Mac Jones news, right? Uh, so then we saw that line just uh, just change and, and uh, that market kind of completely shift after the news from Michael Lombardi that, hey, you know, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, and everybody nationally took off with that. And uh, and so we saw that market ebb and flow. But uh, I, I think what happened with the 49ers, they just was like, we don't want to embarrass ourselves by drafting Mac Jones third overall. Uh, but you got him, though, out there in Boston. How do you guys feel about uh, Mac Jones being a Patriot? Yeah, so funny you mention that. I, I lost my Mac Jones number three bet, but I'm totally fine with it. I'll okay. lose my unit. I might, may, Pritch, I may have had a couple of units. Just keep that between me and you. I really <laughs> like that Mac Jones play, but I'll take the losses. It's just money. I'm excited in New England. I think all New England is excited. All but right. There's some some hope, some future here, Pritch. Uh, Cam Newton, good player. You know, again, good locker room guy, but just the passing offense was so dull, you know, dumbed down and really didn't, you know, push the ball down the field. Now you're getting Mac Jones, who, I don't want I don't want to compare him to Brady. I think that's a mistake a lot of people fall into, but mm-hmm. a pocket passer who can get the ball out quick and everything I've been hearing uh, is, you know, smart, 
not a most athletic guy, but can move in the pocket, get the ball out. That's what you need. Uh, so I'm ecstatic here, Pritch. If I went into another Pats year with Cam Newton and Stidham, uh, I would not be a happy guy. At least we got a, an X factor that maybe we can lean on in the future. All right. Yeah, we got a big show. Like you said, uh, true to form, you're going to have a sweat during the show uh, because you have uh, action on this game. Uh, the Dodgers and the Cardinals, first game of a doubleheader. Probably looking good right now because Kershaw got knocked out the game. I think he's got some sort of an injury after 39 pitches in the first inning. You got the Cubs on top of the Dodgers 4-0. to You got that sweat going right now. The sweat's going hard here, Pritch. Yeah, holding a pretty good ticket, so I don't want to jinx it, but the one thing you did see with this game here is that it was a heavy, heavy Dodgers play, and the Dodgers aren't the Dodgers that we're used to. They're in a funk right now. Mm -hmm. Josh Towers really turned us on to the fact that they're not hitting very well, uh, and they were just a huge favorite here, a very lopsided play. The books are probably happy about this, too, because you saw seven, eight out of ten bets on Kershaw and the Dodgers, an automatic play for, for you know, recreational better here, yet that late movement was critical. You know, I, I was able to do Lombardi line earlier today. I'm doing a doubleheader myself here today, Pritch. But we were talking about this game earlier. It was minus 200 Dodgers. Got all the way down during the show to minus 170. You saw a 30-cent move, you know, toward the Cubbies here in this one. It didn't hurt that the Cubs, I believe they're 6-1 and one against lefties this year. So it's early. It's game one of a doubleheader. But this is the kind of play where in baseball, leaning on big favorites can be difficult, can mm -hmm. be risky, especially if the line goes away from them. So if you're holding the Cubs ticket, this is a good start for you. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, Steph, did you get a text from Josh Applebaum about this game at all? I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't get one either. I mean, you think you know an expert or two around here uh, to get a text or something beforehand. But, no, good luck with that. We get to sweat with you uh, on air. Uh, Terry Bradshaw, talking about Aaron Rodgers, had his uh, get-off-my-lawn moment right now, Josh. Uh, here's a quote. Uh, with him being that upset shows me how weak he is. Um you know, he talked to Moose and Maggie on WFAN. Uh, who's, who the hell cares who you, who you draft? I, I mean, he's a three-time MVP in the league, and he's worried about this guy they drafted uh, last year at number one. Uh, so there you go with Tr Terry Bradshaw chiming in. This Aaron Rodgers thing, um, Josh, I, I don't know what your thoughts are about Aaron Rodgers in particular, but certainly he's created a market, a betting market. You know, there's a betting market out there in terms of where could uh, Aaron Rodgers take his uh, first snaps in 2021. Uh, so obviously this is influential in the National Football League uh, from a betting perspective right now. Yeah, huge betting opportunity here. But I think I, I don't want to outsmart myself too much with this one. You know, one one thing you mentioned, Pritch, is definitely it's a grand Torino get off my lawn, you know, play here for Bradshaw. <laughs> and it, it makes me think about um because when the A's were on that huge win streak thirteen games in a row, I was watching Moneyball and kinda when uh, when you have the Jonah Hill character walk into this room of old school scouts, they're like, Who is this guy? He's not an athlete, we can't trust him, he's got all these numbers. It's kind of a similar sort of thing where Bradshaw and the old school are like you get drafted by a team, they pay you, you, you play the contract. Whereas, you know, I make it, I like it a little bit to the NBA where in the NBA it's become a player's league. And if James Harden doesn't like Houston, he'll shoot his way out of town. If a player doesn't like where they're at, they'll move. It, be, it becomes a very dominant player's league. And I think you're seeing that move over to the NFL. And maybe Tom Brady is the kind of guy who really got, you know, quarterbacks thinking. We saw, you know, Russell Wilson be upset about it. So I think what you're seeing is uh, a lot of these quarterbacks saying, hey, I'm the most important player. I've been here a long time. Also just when you're with the same franchise for so long, you expect to have, you know, input on the offense. I think there was some stuff where, you know, they draft, they draft love. They didn't even tell Aaron Rodgers. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a huge uh, fan of that. At least you give the guy a courtesy. I don't know. So maybe there's a breaking point here, Pritch, but to me, if you get to these odds, number one, a lot of these, uh, you know, win totals and, and to win uh, the division, a lot of this stuff is off the board as we're not sure what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. But to me, 
I think Rodgers is going to stay where he's at. I would be surprised if there's a huge blockbuster trade. You're already starting to see, uh, you know, the Packers trying to mend some fences here a little bit. You know, does Aaron Rodgers hold out? Does he go to jeopardy? I don't know. That would be uh, kind of a, a, a very unexpected move here. But to me, when you look at these odds, I think the sexy thing to do is to pick off one of these dogs. Like, you know, does he go to the Raiders plus 500? Does he go to the Broncos plus 200? Your, uh, your, your hometown team here, Pritch, but, yeah. uh, or one of your teams. But to me, it's like Packers are minus 125. I think the example of Brady leaving and going to a new place and something new and fun and exciting, you can win quickly. You want more weapons. But the favorite is the Packers here. And I think the Packers are going to say, we saw what happened to the Patriots when Brady left. Yes, we have love, but this is a guy that I would milk out the last remaining years of his career. What is he, 38, Pritch? Mm -hmm. If you still have three or four elite years, I don't think you get rid of this guy. I think he stays where it's at, even though it's not a sexy play. Minus 125, I'll be looking at him sticking around in Green Bay. But what do you think? Well, uh, so let's go over these odds. I mean, the Packers, the same Green Bay, he's minus 125, Broncos plus 200. Okay, you mentioned the Raiders, the Saints, which is interesting to me. Uh, the Panthers even. The Dolphins are on here, 14-1. The Washington football team, 14-1. Uh, and the 49ers still there at 16-1. So from the betting market perspective, Josh, what's his leverage? What, what's his card that he wants to play? He could walk away from the game. He could retire. Uh, he could go to Jeopardy. That's, that's what I believe Rodgers thinks his leverage is. Now, what does Green Bay do? Like, we're not going to trade you. Okay, well, I'm going to go to Jeopardy then. I'll make millions of dollars and live happy ever after after that. So now what do you have? Uh, but, I mean, if the, if the Green Bay Packers get win that this guy really and truly does not want to play for their organization, I think they shop him. Because the alternative is that he's not going to be on the field for you. Yeah, this is like a high-stakes game of chicken here, Pritch. Again, I think if you're the Packers, you're going to probably try to call Aaron Rodgers bluff here. But that's a dangerous proposition mm -hmm. because, you know, he can hold out, you know. And, and, and again, but the, the other thing that I get to is his age here. It's different if you're 25 years old and you can hold out and you got a lot of years ahead of you. I mean, Aaron Rodgers at the end of his career, he's now 38. You know, he just won the MVP, out, though. That is true, and his value is extremely high. So that's mm -hmm. that's another point, uh, you know, important point to make here, Pritch. But um, I, I floated this to my girlfriend, Elise. I was like, yeah, Rodgers, he may – what if he holds out and does Jeopardy? Because I made her watch Jeopardy because I just wanted to see how he did. <laughs> right. And she was like, why would he do that? You know, you can do Jeopardy all in your 40s, 50s, 60s, the next 30 years, but you only have a few years left of being an elite NFL athlete, elite NFL quarterback. So to me, again, it's all about Rodgers. How dug in is he? Again, you saw what happened to Brady. You know, he made his move, but also, you know, Brady was a free agent. Right. He took away that that option to pick up, uh, you know, to franchise him. That's different. You know, he's still under contract with Green Bay. So my thing is, you know, maybe it comes down to money. If they get back to the table, you heard that he flew out, you know, from uh, California to Green Bay to talk about the contract. Apparently it didn't go well. But what <laughs> if they offer him, you know, we'll give you four more years at 50 million a year. I think that money, that that green might mend some fences here, Pritch. I think that's why maybe he's favored to stay where he's at. So you think the green will keep him in Green Bay more so than just playing for the Packers? And, and I mean, he's got a ton of loot already, but you might be right. I mean, uh, from minus 125, uh, for Green Bay to do that, kind of out of character. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is what, played 17 years there? I think Brett Favre played 17 um, uh, star played there, what, 17 years? So uh, he would be the longest tenured quarterback uh, with the Green Bay Packers. So to avoid embarrassment, uh, it sounds like that's what the Green Bay Packers should do. Uh, but uh, we'll see how deep uh, Aaron Rodgers is dug in here, though.
<laughs> yeah, that's true. We're, I think we're going to find out here. And again, you got to give some, uh, you know, credit to the Packers, not really giving in, you know, a little bit. Again, you're, they're driving a tough bargain. You can yeah. bend these fences if you if you come to a, a compromise here. But the fact they took Stokes, that cornerback from Georgia, with their first round pick, <laughs> what does know. that tell you? Rod, Rodgers is like probably like, uh, you know, give me. He was probably thinking, oh, they'll give me a wide receiver, a lineman, you know, another weapon here. But nope, they go defense. So you got you got to give them a little bit of credit for uh, yeah. for not falling into that trap, even though they did get his namesake, uh, Armani Rogers later in the draft. But that, that right. was notable to me. It's like, that's kind of a boss move by Green Bay, not not taking a, uh, an offensive guy there. Yeah, the fact that his leverage is Jeopardy uh, makes it uh, <laughs> kind of juicy right now uh, there, Josh Heppelbaum. Let's turn to baseball. Like you said, we have Josh Towers on the program. He's going to be getting uh, hour number two with us in studio. Uh, cannot wait for that. Uh, Arizona and Miami. Interesting matchup. Uh, you got Miami as a favorite at home, minus 147.5 is a total there in this game. Yeah, so this one jumped out to me, Pritch, you know, looking at a game where it checks off a, a few boxes for me, talking about uh, the Miami Marlins in this game. So number one, this is kind of a buy low, sell high. It's a game that doesn't make much sense. And, you know, I love those plays that look like they got no shot at winning. So on the one hand, you have Arizona, who actually is a winning uh, winning team this year, 15 mm-hmm. and 13 here, you know, playing pretty decent. They're up around. If you had bet 100 bucks on every D-backs game this year, up around $600. They've been a pretty good surprise here, getting plus money, unpopular dog almost every time. But they've won three of four, just took three of four from Colorado. Miami's lost three straight, just got swept by Washington. So Arizona's got a better record. They're playing better. Miami's got a worse record, and they're playing worse. Yet Miami opened as around a minus-130 favorite, minus-135. So just the fact that right off the bat, you know, you would say take the better team with with plus money here. Yet the books are opening. Miami, this wasn't like a pick em type game, Pritch. It was Miami, pretty decent favorite here around minus 130, minus 135. What I like is that you're getting further respect to money, I believe, on Miami here. They're up to minus 145. This would match a couple systems I like. Uh, a non-division favorite getting some steam here uh, around 54% this year. Uh, the other thing is a favorite with a low total. Total in this game is eight and a half. Anytime you are a favorite, that fewer amount of expected runs scored, you know, more likely it's going to come from quote unquote the better team. Uh, and then also a play on Alcantara, starting pitcher here uh, for the Marlins, going up against Smith, who's got about a five ERA. So this one stinks to me. Why not take the bet, the, you know, the better team getting plus money? But I think the Miami Marlins are favored for a reason and they're becoming more of a favorite. I'd look to the fish in this one. All right, looking for that right there. How about Chicago and the Reds? Uh, High total, nine. I think that's still a high total uh, right now in Major League Baseball, Josh. Uh, And you got the White Sox on the road as the dog, uh, 102 uh, here in this game. Yeah, this one jumps out to me, Pritch, as probably my favorite system across all sports, uh, a dog to a favorite. Mm -hmm. So this one was a really really big respect to money coming in on the red legs in this one. You know, look at the White Sox, 15 and 12. Both these teams are coming off kind of opposite home stands here. Chicago dropped two or three to Cleveland since he took two of three from the Cubbies here in this one. But to make it really easy on anyone tracking this spot, all big movement is coming on the Reds. You saw the White Sox open. That's around a minus 120 favorite on the road. And yet, despite, you know, percentages pretty much split down the middle uh public isn't really leaning one way or the other you've seen huge steam hit the reds so the reds have gone from you know getting plus 115 to now laying almost minus 115 so that would match to me uh, a bunch of different systems big steam in a non-division game but also interleague games here Bridge. Yeah. interleague matchups we're going with the line movement 25 and 16 this year 61 percent red's been pretty good at home nine and six at home so you would have loved to got the reds at some plus money earlier but to me, this is a red steam move, and it hasn't let up. I'd be look, looking to lay it here with, with the red legs. All right. You know what, uh, Josh? I made note of that. 
Uh, right there, the Reds. Uh, you're, getting, you're getting sharp, my man. I, I am. I am. I'm listening to every word from you today. Um, as we continue the program, a big program, Josh Tower is going to be on, like we said, in hour number two. Uh, but we have some over-under props from Bet MGM, Josh, with uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, and Zach Wilson. Let's break those down uh, coming up after this break. That's coming up next. Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Be sure to have your state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. Betting Across America is Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. And we are presented by BetMGM. Josh, uh, I love these uh, over-under props already. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, uh, just a different way to... Uh, bet on these rookies, whether rookie of the year or whatever. Uh, but here you go for passing yards, uh, 41.99 and a half, uh, minus 110 to the over, minus 110 to the under. That's for Lawrence. For Wilson, 38.75 and a half, minus 110 to the over, uh, minus 110 to the under as well. Where do you where do you fall on those props? Yeah. So first off, you know, looking at uh, some of these props and again, we're transitioning, of course, from the draft props to now like win totals, rookie of the year, over-unders, all these different things, which kind of tells you how uh, the NFL is king and how the betting just goes year round. But one thing I would liken it to, you know, before we talk about this, I went to Peyton Manning's rookie year because one thing that jumped out to me is Peyton Manning struggled his first year in Mm -hmm. 1998. He was 22 years old, coming out of Tennessee, being the next big thing. His team went three and 13. Uh, he threw for 3,739 yards, you know, less than 4,000. He threw 26 touchdowns. That's pretty good. He threw 28 interceptions. He now, still has the record. Uh, <laughs> yeah, st- still has the record yeah. here. I think uh, there was a, he had an interview or something. He was hoping one of these guys breaks his record with, with interceptions here. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess on the one hand, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, even if you're a really incredibly good quarterback like a Trevor Lawrence, like a Zach Wilson, but in particular Lawrence, a guy who was kind of known as being you know, the next big thing for a long time here, the build up to it. Right. Just the point that they could struggle their first year. I think the inclination is to take a lot of these overs, but just seeing that a guy like Manning struggled that much, you know, setting the record for uh, for interceptions here, that's something to keep in mind because, again, I don't think it's as easy. There, There's going to be a transition here going to the NFL, obviously coming from college here. Uh, so one thing that I would look at is, you know, what type of offense are you going into? What kind of weapons do you have? Uh, one thing that jumped out to me a little bit is, uh, interceptions for Lawrence, 14 and a half, the over uh, minus 120 here. So keep an eye on that. That will lead me to believe maybe he he could throw more picks than you're used to. I'll look at some of some of these interception props or uh, you do have some some books choosing up the under. So it kind of mm-hmm. depends. But um, I would look to some maybe interception over totals. But Pritch, what's your take on this one? To me, 
I'll see how this develops. I just my whole point is don't rush to take every over here. These these players may struggle, but even though the rules are more guided toward uh, you know, uh, this type of NFL offense this year, as opposed to, you know, 20 some odd years ago. Yeah. Good point. Uh, I was still playing when Peyton got into the league and we were like, he can't throw a spiral. I mean, he couldn't, <laughs> the ball fluttered. I mean, it, it, there was no spiral, uh, on that thing. So, uh, you know, I look at it this way. I look at the offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel is now an offensive coordinator out there in uh, Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. And so, uh, if you're looking at Matthew Stafford, or if you're looking at how he calls the game, um, they, they ran like uh, 991 plays, and they were about 57 um, to, you know, uh, 30, 33-ish, right, in terms of pass-run uh, ratio. Uh, so I, I think that's going to probably hold true. Uh, Matthew Stafford had 4,084 yards and 26 touchdowns. Uh, and that's Matthew Stafford. And so uh, you think from a tendency standpoint uh, with Bevel calling plays, maybe that could – mimic itself down there in Jacksonville. You just never know. I mean, it's certainly a rookie quarterback. Uh, but then also you look at uh, Zach Wilson, new offensive coordinator, uh, new system for him. I don't know if these are too generous right now, even though he's sitting at right around 3,800 yards, 3,875 and a half. So uh, to me, maybe that's the advantage because the books don't know. They don't have any data to go off of. And uh, maybe as a better, your shot uh, is there with uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Pritch. The other thing is, you know, these no numbers just dropped, and you may see a big adjustment here. So, like, let's say, you know, maybe the Wilson over passing yards prop gets hit with some respect to money coming in here. Right now, it's 3875. Mm -hmm. You might wake up in a, a week or two from now, and it's, you know, uh, 3,900. You know, sometimes we see this with the Super Bowl props where I remember Jimmy G against the Chiefs, uh, the Super Bowl, you know, his, his passing yards total just plummeted from where it opened to how it moved. So that's another thing. Keep an eye how it develops and maybe you either want to jump on it early or wait late and maybe buy low at a different number. Yeah, ironically though, uh, Mike LaFleur too, 57-43 in San Francisco uh, when he was working out there as the, uh, I think he was an assistant coach on the offense right before he became offense coordinator. So, uh, you know, they flock together in the National Football League, Josh. <laughs> 57-43 pass-run ratio uh, across the board for several teams. Coming up next, uh, due to Suns, do they have a letdown? They're on the road again in the NBA. That's coming up next. Our VSIN experts are covering every sport on the board this spring to find the best bets every day. And now is a great time to invest in your long-term betting success. We provide all the tools you need to make the most informed bet every time, even if that means telling you when not making a bet is your best option. Get our 24-7 video coverage, data, and analysis on vsin.com. Daily members-only best bet emails. Our in-depth coverage of every major event in Point Spread Weekly is designed to improve your sport's success year-round. Uh, so your bankroll lasts longer, and you can increase your sports betting IQ. Learn from our experience and put our team to work for you today with our vsin 10-day free trial at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America. And we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. Um, Dodgers making a mess of things, uh, Josh. Applebaum, Chicago is now on top 6-0. Uh, 
um, bottom of the third. Yes. Yes, we like Board that. On. Yeah, that. That's right. They are making a mess of things. Uh, throwing errors, wild pitches, uh, you know, everything's happening right now to the Dodgers. Uh, the Suns and the Cavs, the Suns are on the road. Um, they had some pretty good matchups there uh, of late, uh, Josh. And when you're thinking about the Suns uh, as your quest to get that number one seed, maybe in a Western Conference, now maybe it could be a letdown time. I don't know what you think about this game. Where are you going here? Suns and the Cavs. Yeah. So this is like a hazmat play that looks terrible that either I'm going, I'm taking the points with the Cavs or I'm not touching this game. Okay. Uh, Suns may very well cover easily. Again, look at how lopsided this looks. You do have a Suns team that's won four straight. Cavs have really struggled here, lost a ton of games in a row. Phoenix 48 and 16, 48, uh, 46 and 18. They're also really good ATS, 39 and 24. They've been one of the best teams to not only win, but cover numbers as well. Complete opposite with Cleveland, 21 and 43, 24 and 40 ATS. So everything looks like this is a Suns blowout. But the one thing that trips you up here a little bit is the fact that this is a really, really popular, a lopsided play. The Suns are kind of like in that Dodgers spot today where they're just a massive public favorite chalk uh, favorite play. You know, when you wake up and you say, I need an easy winner to start my day. Let me get the Dodgers. Let me get the Suns here. However, kind of like that movement toward the Cubs, this line is going to the Cavs a little bit. Some, some shops open. You know, the Suns minus 13. They're now down to 12 and a half. So you're seeing a little bit of movement on the Cavs. Now, are you brave enough to take the points of the Cavs? Uh, if you do, I wish you the best of luck. I, to me, that is the sharper side here. But just kind of just how the NBA is so erratic, so volatile. You know, is, is this line falling because someone knows that uh, maybe Chris Paul is going to sit this game out? I mean, mm -hmm. this would be a perfect game for the Suns to rest some of their starters here. The other thing is, you know, the Suns were, Fritz, the other day, they were 15 and a half point favorite against OKC. They won by three points. They did not cover that huge number here. But I'll be honest, Bridge, I'm really leaning much more toward totals right now in the NBA, specifically some of these overs that rise over these spread plays. So I do like this over in this one. I wonder if, you, if you'll if uh, you ride with me here, Bridge. But uh, <laughs> Suns, Cavs, we did see this thing rise 217 up to uh, 219 and a half. Some looks are even getting up to 220 at this point. What I like is a non-conference over that rises. Lack of familiarity really benefits the offense because the defense doesn't really know how to match up. But non-conference overs this year, 52.2%. A non-conference over that rises at least the half point, 59% here. Mm -hmm. Also, you do have Cleveland, uh, the eighth worst defensive efficiency team in the NBA. I've been liking to bet some of these overs when you have really bad defensive teams. So, Pritch, what do you think? If you had to take a side or a total, do any of these intrigue you? Well, the total does uh, because I can see um, the Suns kind of commanding this game and uh, really dictating it, uh, especially with the Cavs and that defense. And so uh, if the younger players get on the court, maybe they're going to get that run in, right, Josh? So I can see – I can get on board with the total here, 219.5 out here in Vegas. Yeah, you're totally right. And here's the other thing. Like, you know, when you have these these younger players who finally get their opportunity, you know, we always joke about, uh, you know, in college basketball and the scrubs come in and no offense if you're a, <laughs> a end of the bench type player. But usually they come up here, they never get to shoot. They brick it. It looks terrible. Mm -hmm. The NBA, when these second tier players come in, uh, guys being hurt or guys sitting or whatever, they jack up shots and they're ready to play offense. And it seems like you, you get kind of the opposite of what you get in college. So the fact this line is rising. The fact that you had a lot of these non-conference over trends in general with a bad defense here with uh, with the Cavs, I'd be looking at an overplay. I actually took the over earlier today, uh, over 218 and a half. So, again, okay. it's rising. You would have liked to get it a little bit earlier, but still looks like it's getting hit. If you like the over, I think there's some uh, opportunity there. Yeah, still minus 110 out here too, 219 and a half. And uh, they are half game behind the Jazz uh, with the Nuggets, uh, just four games. Uh, right there behind. I mean, that second seed or that number one seed uh, is going to get interesting down the stretch here. How about 
uh, the Hornets and the Pistons. You do anything here? Yeah, so to me, this is the kind of game, this is an injury type game. So okay. uh, we didn't have to wait until later in the day here, Pritch. I guess on the one hand, we, we found out a little bit earlier, but just a massive drop to this line. This line has plummeted. You had a lot of books that open. Uh, the Hornets are on a six and a half point favorite on the road. They're down to around a four point favorite. They got down to three and a half. And there's a little bit of buyback on the Hornets, it looks like, when they bottomed out at minus three and a half to bring them back up to four. But uh, again, this is what makes betting the NBA hard. Tonight, you don't have any, PJ Washington is out. You don't have Devontae Graham. Mm -hmm. Miles Bridges is the big one here with COVID protocol. Cody Martin, kind of a rotation guy that can really chip in here a little bit. He's going to be out as well. Uh, the interesting thing to me, though, with all these guys out, the Pistons are missing guys like Grant as well. This total rose also. You know, it opened 216.5 up to 217.5. But to me, the play was, you know, and again, not everyone is lucky enough to work in the betting industry and be aware of all this stuff as soon as it happens. But if you were lucky enough to be glued to your Twitter, logged into all your sportsbook accounts, and you could have hit the Pistons at plus six and a half. Right when all this injury stuff uh, got, you know, uh, the word came out, to me that, that would have been the play. But at this point, these injury-type lines, I want nothing to do with. I would pass this game over. All right. Then the big boy, uh, minus two for <laughs> Milwaukee at home against Brooklyn. Uh, 242 is the total, Josh. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be I'll be totally honest with you, Pritch. You know me. I like these high total overs. They actually have done pretty well when the mm -hmm. total is 240 or higher this year. Uh, kind of crazy, but the over is still 16 and 11. It's 59 percent. But here's the key. I took the over the last time these teams played the other day mm -hmm. and sailed under. Uh, what, what you want is a high total that's rising a little bit. To, you know, basically it tells you that respective money isn't a, isn't afraid of that high total. They're still hitting it. That's not happening here. I, I see, I've seen some little under money because it did open like 243. Now it's down to 242. So maybe you, you're getting a little under money coming in here at this point. But the play that I like, Pritch, is getting the nets and the points. I think there's a good kind of revenge angle here, maybe a bounce back type spot. You did see the nets lose the other night against the Bucks in that game that went under. But this one opened at uh, Bucks minus two. It's kind of stayed minus two. Throughout the day, some shops have gone down to one and a half. And this would match some systems that I like kind of these short road dogs, high totals, uh, bounce back spots after an ATS loss. I'd be looking at the grabbing the two points of the Nets and then hopefully seeing this thing fall to one and a half. Yeah, I mean, this game too, I was looking to find uh, if there's any injury updates or resting updates. Uh, I mean, this essentially is for first place, right? Uh, between these two teams. Uh, so I don't see anything from the Nets. No injured players. We might get the <laughs> no big birthday. three. No birthday invites tonight? Hopefully. <laughs> I know, right? There. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so 242 is the total in that one. Keep an eye on that game for sure. Uh, come up next, uh, Chuck Esposito, racing sportsbook director at Station Casinos. I mean, uh, hockey down the stretch. I uh, cannot wait for Chuck to join the show. That's coming up next. I love home runs in Major League Baseball, especially if you are a new BetMGM customer. Turn $1 into $100 when someone goes yard during a game. Sign up for the BetMGM app using VSIN 100. And if you place a $1 Moneyline wager on the Cardinals or Mets, you'll get $100 if either team hits a home run. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. 
Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana and Tennessee. Call or text the red line 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum are your hosts today. And uh, please bring on to the program Chuck Esposito. He's a race and sports book director at Station Casinos. Chuck, how are you today? I'm doing great, guys. How about you? Doing fantastic. Uh, thanks for asking. I, I think um, down the stretch um, uh, in hockey regular season, uh, I, I think we're ready for the postseason. Haven't gotten there yet, uh, but odds to win the Stanley Cup. So the beginning of the year, people were talking about the Avs as one of those teams, uh, the Knights out here from Vegas, one of those teams too. The Lightning certainly uh, a chance to repeat some odds here, plus 450 for the Avs to win the Stanley Cup, the Knights plus 550, Lightning plus 750. Where do you stand right now uh, with these odds and these teams? Yeah, I mean, it's really close. I think you look at all those teams, and we, you know, we kind of talked about it, how, how good it was going to be out west. But uh, Knights are, are, are a small favorite, followed by the Avs. And, you know, I know the, it, the west is going to be wild, guys. Uh, uh, the the Lanch have a game in hand. They, they're only two points behind the Knights. They've won three in a row. And they have the much easier schedule down the stretch. And I think when you look at the West, um, whoever finishes second, I think it's a much tougher task because they have to deal with the Wild in the first round. And I think you look at Vegas, who has had their, their struggles, not only this year, but in their history with, with Minnesota, I think it becomes more problematic. So I said it before the season, and I'm sticking to it, that it's a much tougher task if you don't win the West especially for Vegas with their past history against the Wild. Chuck, this is Josh Applebaum. Uh, it's so great to talk to you, talk some hockey here. But I want to throw something your way. You know, earlier today I was talking to Andy McNeil on the Lombardi line and talking about how in the NHL this year it's been a really almost a historic year for favorites and for chalk because favorites this year, their updated record, they're 500 wins, 298 losses. That's important because the 63% win rate with favorites will be the highest it's been in almost over a decade. If you bet 100 bucks on every favorite this year, you're up around $2,300. So I want to ask you, you know, at stations, do you see uh, betters noticing this? Are they laying more chalk? Has it been a tough year for you? Are you having to shade these numbers more to a favorite? Like, you know, hey, this should be a minus 150, but favorites are killing it. Let's throw out minus 175. Just your take on what you've seen from behind the counter with favorites in the NHL doing very well this year. Yeah, it's exactly that, Josh. And, you know, the, the big reason is, that it's, it's the structure this year where you're just playing teams in your division and you're playing so many teams, um, you know, so many games against those teams. You look at uh, teams in every division who have, you know, look at the Central. Teams on top would have eight games against the Jackets, eight games against the Wings, eight games against the Blackhawks. And, and you look at most teams right now who are towards the bottom in every division. They're on, you know, uh, anywhere from one to, to five-game losing streaks. And, and I think especially this time of year when – Teams know that they're out of it, and the teams on top are jockeying for that position. It's even more and more lopsided. And I think because of the unbalanced schedule this year and only playing teams in your division, it really has benefited the favorites, especially over the second half of the season. 
Chuck, I wanted to follow up on that too because of the um, the nature of the season uh, during a pandemic still, and um, these teams, uh, these mini series that we see. Like, uh, why would the playoffs change? I guess it does because it's the playoffs, right? But um, I'm thinking that these players, these teams, are kind of conditioned uh, to what the format in the playoffs are going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're looking at a best of seven then, and and they are division rivals, and that has been the case. Um, you know, for the last several years, that isn't changing. I'm still a big fan of, uh, you know, the conference play where it used to be one played eight, two played seven, and you had rivalries like Chicago and the Kings, um, you know, for a number of years there where they were switching off winning the cup. Um, But it's division rivals. These teams know each other really well. And in many cases, they may have just played each other uh, before the playoffs start. But in a best of seven, when you've got some of these teams that know each other, say if it's Pittsburgh and, and Boston or if it's uh, you know Tampa and, uh, and Florida who are playing each other, it's going to be interesting, guys. Uh, the chippiness will be there. Uh, playoff hockey is, is the best, especially the overtime you know, format in hockey. So I, I don't think you're going to see any drop-off or anything different when the playoffs start. Chuck, you're totally right. I think, uh, you know, me and my dad joke about it, but if, if you don't like playoff hockey, like, I mean, it's it's the best when it comes to uh, playoff time here, just the intensity, and can't wait to bet on some of these playoff games. But I want to ask you, you know, you're, you're mentioning earlier a lot of these futures and betters who are looking to place maybe a futures bet to win the cup right now. You mentioned how the abs, you know, the Knights, the Lightning, really kind of your top three here. But if you go down the list, Chuck, do you have any liability on teams that uh, we don't know if they're going to win it all, but if they did, you would take a big hit here. Like, I'm thinking maybe – I don't know, the Penguins 12 to 1, the Caps 12 to 1, the Islanders, any of these teams down the list that you're concerned with and you say, hey, hopefully they get knocked out early and we don't have to pay out all these bets? I'm not necessarily concerned with, but definitely players played uh, the Preds when they had, you know, an extremely high price on them. And, um, you know, we saw the Preds beat the Blackhawks, who were the number one seed several years ago. So, you know, I think the big difference, of course, in, in hockey is that, you know, a goalie can stand on their head and steal a series or two. And we've seen some struggles with number one teams. We saw Tampa get beat by Columbus. We saw Chicago get beat by Nashville. It's not unheard of for that seven or eight team to knock off a top team. So I I think it's just get into the playoffs and anything can happen. Um, For me, I I thought the one value team all year, and we did get some bets on them when they were a lot higher, and that was the the Hurricanes. I thought they were a really good team last year. Was kind of surprised they got knocked out as early as they did this year. They sit on top of the Central right now. They've won four in a row. They're kind of trying to hold off uh, Florida. Tampa's right on their tail as well. But I think the Carolina Hurricane team, especially with what the odds were kind of at the beginning of the season uh, and then heading into the second half, I think they're a tremendous value play and a really good team. Well, let's get to that game. Chuck Esposito, Racing Sportsbook Director, uh, Sunset Station, our station casinos. Um, because Carolina's got Chicago, right? And so they're a heavy favorite, minus 300. Uh, that total six. Uh, what what type of action are you seeing now in terms of down the stretch here in hockey or people waiting for the playoffs? They're playing a lot of these favorites, guys, okay. especially on the puck line. We see it all the time on, on Vegas games and, and especially some of these mis- mismatches. I think through probably 75% of the season, Chicago was probably the biggest surprise, the way Lankinen played between the pipes. And, you know, a young team now who was playing without Jonathan Taze, without Nylander, and, and without Kirby Doc for a lot of the season. It's a young team that, although they've lost five in a row, I, I still think they've really surpassed 
people's expectations, but the season definitely caught up with them. They've been competitive. They, they still, you know, score a lot of goals, but they just don't have it right now against these big boys. And the way Carolina's playing right now, I know it's a big price, but I guess if you're going to bet Carolina, you'd rather lay the puck line um, the way they've been playing of late. Chuck, one game that, you know, tonight the first thing that caught my eye is there's only five games, but four of the five have huge lines here. Minus 200, minus 250, minus 300. One, the only game here that has a line like under minus 200 will be Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. And you did see Philly yesterday had a huge win as a dog, seven to two, kind of a surprising result there. One dog that actually barked last night. What's your take on this one, Chuck? You do have Pittsburgh, Philly. It was around a minus 150, minus 160 ish to the Penguins, would you look at it that and say, hey, for a favorite, that's your best favorite price? Or would you look at it the other way and say, Flyers could be a live dog tonight? Flyers definitely can be. They're, they're, they're out of the hunt. Um, Pittsburgh is tied with the Capitals now, um, you know, with 71 points. I like what they did at the trade deadline. Uh, I, I think the Flyers are a live dog in this one, guys. I think if you're looking for, you know, kind of that, that interstate rivalry and, and you look at the, these two teams, how they play at each other and kind of the, the chippiness that they have, Flyers are going to want to play the role of a spoiler a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Chippiness. I mean, <laughs> there's highlights out there, and then there's uh, fighting. Uh, Chuck Esposito, uh, Boston, New Jersey, Boston, again, heavy <laughs> favorite, minus 230, uh, and then five and a half to total. Um, thoughts on this game? Well, I mean, you know, we've talked about Carolina, and mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about the teams out west, but you look at Boston, too. I mean, I, I like what they did at the trade deadline, and, and they've won four in a row right now. They're only three games behind of, uh, of uh, three points behind of Washington and um, and Pittsburgh, but I think the key for them is that they have a few games in hand. They have a game in hand against uh, the Caps and two games in hand against Pittsburgh. So every one of these games becomes vitally important. And like I mentioned earlier, seeing so many mismatches in hockey right now where these teams that are battling um, – we, we kind of know who the top four teams are just about in every division, It's but they're, they might be interchangeable. They might be able to move up a spot or two and get home ice in a series, and, and that's why it's so critical. But a, a lot of mismatches right now, that's why you're seeing those big prices. Chuck, only about a minute left here, and again, appreciate all your insight today, but I just noticed a little bit of money hitting the Buffalo Sabres here. You know, they had a win last night against the Isle. The Isle have kind of struggled a bit. Buffalo, you would think they'd kind of not care anymore and tank, but they've been kind of a little frisky here. And you did see Buffalo go from around plus 230 to around plus 210, plus 205. So any respect to money coming in on the Sabres here is possible big upset. You know, I haven't seen a lot of it yet, guys. I think you, you look at the Islanders, who, you know, are only one point behind um, Boston and Boston has a game in hand there. Every game is so critical. Not saying, again, anyone can beat anybody in the NHL. We've seen it, and a goalie and a young team is, uh, you know, can stand on their head or is playing for some pride and looking at next year potentially where are they going to be and, and trying to play the role of a spoiler. It's just hard to go against some of these jocks. It really is. Uh, I cannot wait for NHL playoff. I agree with you guys. Uh, it is the best. I, I saw it in person out there in Colorado. I cannot wait uh, now that we've had this full season. Chuck, uh, thanks again for your time today. That was awesome. All right, guys. Always enjoy it. And uh, absolutely right. The Stanley Cup playoff should be crazy. And the West is definitely going to be a bit wild, I would say, between now and the time the playoffs start. Totally agree. There he goes, Chuck Esposito, uh, Racing Sportsbook Director, uh, Sunset Station. Uh, Coming up next, hour number two, Josh Towers. What happened to Clayton Kershaw? Maybe Josh could tell us. It's coming up next.